Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And today we're going to tackle what for some is a very difficult topic. I mean, we all know we need to leave some sort of plans in place for our family when we're gone, some sort of instructions, some sort of blueprint. But exactly what you need can be the subject of much discussion and many different viewpoints. How do you sort through all the information available and identify exactly what's needed for your family? Well, today's guest has plenty of experience experience, personal and professional, navigating this maze, as well as 30 years in the business of doing it professionally for others. Here to guide us through exactly what you need to protect your family is the founder and president of Hammond Law Group, Catherine Hammond. Catherine, welcome to the show. Good morning, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me. So I understand that there's a statistic showing that uh, 70% or nearly 70% of Americans have no estate plan in place. Why is that? Yeah, pretty crazy, right? And we all know that life is going to happen and therefore there's, there's an end point to that. We all are born, we all pass away eventually. And the problem with actually getting something done are, I mean, what, one of them is that we think we're immune. I don't think it's going to happen to me, certainly not in the near future. A lot of people think that, that what they have done has already prepared them. Maybe they've had some conversations. Maybe they've written some notes. Maybe they've even written a will. Um, but there's a whole lot more to it than that, which is why I'm excited about today's conversation. The other big reason that we see, Shannon, and I know you get this, is that there's so much information out there, it becomes really overwhelming to sort through, like, what documents do I need? How do I take care of my medical needs if I'm incapacitated? Like, all of the things. It gets really, really hard and overwhelming. Right. But ultimately, um, have, having a plan in place is the only way to keep providing for and protecting your family when something happens. And we all know something will happen at some point. Right. Now, now I can imagine you talk with some families that don't have anything in place and then something happens. What happens to that if, if loved ones don't get around to planning for when they're gone? Well, it depends on their exact circumstances, but the, the things that are consistent among families who don't have a good comprehensive plan are, number one, there is more chaos, there's more headache, there's more heartache, there's more disharmony in the family because people are scrambling to figure out what to do. In, in, in a moment of crisis, whether you're you know, incapacitated or whether you've passed away, they're scrambling. And it often means that we have to go through a legal process that would otherwise not be necessary. And so to put that on your family in a moment when they are going through the hardest days of their life, to have to hire a lawyer and go to court and ask for permission to do everything is a lot. It's a lot of extra burden. That's the thing that I see on a day-to-day -day basis that's really hard for families when when they don't have a good plan in place. Right, right. Uh, now we're talking today, you've come up with an idea, it's a six step plan. What's the first step? So this is a six step plan to fully protect your family. So this is the documents and all of the other things that you need to take care of. And the first one, of course, is the obvious 
the documents. So everybody needs a will. A will comes into play when you die. It says who is going to receive what when you pass away. And if you have minor children, that's also where you give instructions about who is going to take care of your minor children. Very important. And a lot of parents of young children don't write a will because they can't figure out who should be the guardian of their children when they're gone. However, you are a better guesser at that than the court will be. So everybody needs a will. The next document is a trust. A lot of people are well served by a trust. It's not the right answer for everybody, and I'm talking about a revocable living trust where you stay fully in control of everything during your lifetime. If you become incapacitated, this is the vehicle that keeps your family out of court. I had to go to court when I was 22 to take care of my mom. It's a disaster. You don't want to have to do that. The trust, when well done, keeps your family out of court, and when you die, it keeps your family out of court. So. There are still some other documents. Even you can have a will. You might need a trust as well, depending on your circumstances and goals. The financial power of attorney is the other document that everybody needs. And a power of attorney says, if you're incapacitated, this is the person who you want to be able to manage your financial affairs. Now, powers of attorney are supposed to work forever. They don't work forever. Um, if you come to one of our workshops, you can find out more about why that is and why a power of attorney is an incomplete way to deal with if you become incapacitated. And then, last but not least, your healthcare directives. So a healthcare power of attorney, naming somebody who can make your medical decisions, a living will saying uh, how you feel about artificial life support if you have a terminal condition and you're uh, comatose or in a vegetative state, and last but not least, the universal HIPAA release that says in a world where all of our medical information has been deemed to be private, this gives the doctors permission to talk to your family members and to share information with them like what room you're in in the hospital and um, the other important information that they're going to need in order to make the important decisions that they might have to make if you're not able to communicate. Right. Uh, I've just lived through this, so I, I can tell you all of those documents, all of those, I, I'm just picturing all the various points in our journey where those documents were were asked, and I, I felt very glad that I was able to provide them. And uh, in the meantime, you also want to talk about uh, where listeners can go for more information on these uh, to make sure that you have that kind of plan in place. Uh, Catherine, what would you like to tell our listeners? Yes, so we have regular webinars and in-person workshops. We just had in-person workshops last week. Next Tuesday, November 14th at 2 o'clock, we have a webinar. Um, November 28th at 4 o'clock, we have a webinar. And then our last in-person live workshop is on Tuesday, December 5th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All of those are opportunities to come get some basic information about how the legal system works and help you start to figure out what kind of 
uh, document plan will work best for you given your specific situation and goals. And at those live events, you have the opportunity to ask us questions. They're educational. We're not trying to sell you anything. Um, we offer people who want to come in and meet with an attorney the opportunity to do that. But it's a very low-pressure educational environment. All right. Where can people go for information? I assume your website. Yes. Yes. You can go to our website at coloradoestateplan.com and we have a list of all of our webinars and workshops on there. Or you can just call our office at 719-520-1474. Well, we have much more to talk about in this hour of conversation with Cam Catherine Hammond, founder of the Hammond Law Group. It is the extra here on KRDO News Radio. Don't go away. Uh, some messages from our advertisers are next, and we'll be joining you just a couple minutes from now. You're listening to KRDO News Radio. We're here with Catherine Hammond, founder of the Hammond Law Group. And uh, as she mentioned, right as we were going to break, you can find all this information that we're talking about at coloradoestateplan.com to uh, find out and look into some of these free webinars and seminars that they uh, put together. And truly, they are a font of information and I uh, can't say enough good words about them. Now, Catherine, we're talking about these six steps that you have formulated that people should take to provide for and protect family members when we're gone. And you talked about step one, that's getting the right documentations in place. What's step two? Yeah, and many people think that they're all done when they get some documents in place. So this one, it, it might be surprising to people that we have more than that one step, but a good estate plan, think about it, is the things that your family is going to need when something happens to you. So step two is to create a comprehensive list of all of your assets. So when we have clients pass away, their family members typically schedule a meeting with us. We offer a complimentary meeting for families to guide them through what they need to do. And we ask them to come in with a list of the different assets that are out there and how they're owned so that we can guide them, so that we can tell them what to do with the assets. Most families think that the lawyer or the financial advisor or somebody is going to have a list of all the things. And the truth is we don't. There's no way we could keep up with even one client's uh, changing financial world, much less all of our clients' changing financial world. So you need to create a comprehensive list of all of the assets that you have. So start with the financial assets, the bank accounts, the investment accounts, the retirement accounts, so that your family knows where to find those. And for all of those, it's important to write down not only the account, but also so the name of the institution, the account number, and how it's owned. Is it in your name? Is it in joint tenancy with your spouse or somebody else? And is there a beneficiary listed on it for your bank accounts, investment accounts, retirement accounts? Also, write down every piece of real estate that you have, including timeshares, including mineral interests. Write down every corporate entity or LLC, every life insurance policy, every annuity, and then make a list of any valuable personal property that you have. You don't have to write down every lamp and every chair and all of those things. But if there are certain things that are particularly valuable, 
you want to make sure that your family knows that so that they don't just get rid of it all at a garage sale. So write all of those things on a list. Right, right. And it's so devastating to family members to think that there may be uh, family heirlooms that they are uh, getting rid of in a garage sale or, you know, a dumpster junk junker uh, run, and, and they don't know that there's something, and it may not be valuable. Maybe it's just of sentimental value. Maybe it's, you know, a handwritten recipe that was handed down from, you know, a great grandmother back in the 1800s. I mean, it is important to have all those things listed, like you said. Um, it, it, let's, oh, you're so right. Yeah, let's talk about I, that list. I, yeah. I, I, I should tell you, I did that when I was planning out my mom's house when I was 22 to 23. My mom had a lot of stuff. She was a bit of a hoarder. And I was going through things. And I, I remember throwing away these old metal things. They were little metal things with some fabric attached to them. Years later, I figured out, so my uncle served on the USS Arizona in Pearl Harbor. He happened to be on leave when it was bombed, but those were his Navy medals from the USS Arizona, oh and I threw them all away. Oh so my. don't do that. Tell your family what's important. Right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what a, what a, what a sentimental uh, treasure that would have been. But like you said, it's important. It's imperative on all of us to make sure that we're not leaving it to a guessing game after we're gone. Uh, after our listeners create a list of all those assets, uh, what's the next step? The next step is to gather all of the financial records. So you want to have bank statements, you want to have retirement plan statements, at least something that shows all of the account numbers. You want to have your re the deeds to your real estate, the most recent deed, that's going to be very helpful. You want to have your insurance policy, your annuity policies, you want to have any other documentation that's going to be important. All right. Where should people keep their list of assets and financial statements? I assume not with your office. Not, not with your lawyer's office. You don't want to have to go and ask your lawyer where to find things. You want to keep, you want to keep that someplace safe. So some people keep it in a safe deposit box. Some people keep it in a fireproof safe. Um, and then the important thing is making sure that your family knows where to find the items that they're going to need, like the list of your assets and copies of the important documents. The other one, if you served in the military, you want to have your military service records, your DD-214, all of those things. A copy of your birth certificate, a copy of your marriage certificate, all of those things can be helpful. Yeah, and, and don't leave it too late, because uh, some of these steps that you're talking about, uh, I had tried to embark with, uh, with some of my loved ones, and unfortunately, we had reached the point where the communication skills and the ability to even think about it was kind of beyond. And so, you know, don't leave these things too late because uh, best of intentions, uh, you know, it, it's good to tackle them while you still have the energy and uh, everything going in the same way where you can organize this all and make sure that it's uh, less trouble for your loved ones after you're gone. Uh, we need right. to take a break here, Catherine. Uh, as we go to break, what would you like to tell our listeners? Um, 
I'll just say if there's any more information that you need, we would love to be of service. You can find us online at coloradoestateplan.com or call our office for uh, registering for an upcoming workshop or webinar at 719-520-1474. Okay, so we have tackled the first three steps. When we come back, the next three steps in this six-step plan that Catherine has laid out for our listeners is kind of a challenge. Uh, and look at it as a positive thing. We'll be back with more on that here on The Extra on KRDO News Radio. Welcome back to The Extra. We continue our conversation with Catherine Hammond, founder of the Hammond Law Group. Well, we've covered the first three steps of what she calls a six-step plan to make sure you're in the right shape uh, for your heirs, for your loved ones to not have to deal with with problems if something should happen to you. I mean, we all know that something's eventually going to happen to all of us. Uh, that's the one thing that's certain, that and taxes, right? Uh, so we talked about the first six, uh, first three steps of the six steps, getting your legal documents in order, finding out which ones you need, uh, making a list of assets, gathering records. So Catherine, let's talk about the next step, step number four. Well, step number four is a good one, and people don't realize how important it is. It is identifying and communicating your health care wishes. So this is, people think about the living will and, you know, an end-of-life decision if your family had to make an end-of-life decision. Typically, things are not quite that straightforward. And so what I encourage you to do is to really spend some time thinking about what does quality of life mean to you? Not just end of life, but what does quality of life mean to you? And what kinds of situations would you want any kind of treatment that would prolong your life? And in what kind of situations would you not want treatment that would prolong your life? Because in some situations, people feel like it's actually a prolonging of death versus a prolonging of life. And this is a very, very personal uh, decision for you to make. What, where is that line for you? And there's a great book that I highly recommend called Being Mortal by Atul Gawande where he really talks about quality of life versus quantity of life and independence versus safety. All of those delicate things that our families are going to have to navigate for us as we age, and the important thing is that they know exactly what you want and what you don't want. And so it's important to communicate all of that to your healthcare agent, whoever is going to be making your decisions, and also communicate it to everybody else in your close inner circle who's going to have opinions. Because if you, if you have a spouse who is making decisions but your children might not know what you wanted, that could get sticky, or if you have two children and one is making the decisions, you want the other one to be informed about what you wanted so that it won't get sticky between them. Right. Now, are those things addressed in the healthcare directives that you talked about earlier? So, in your healthcare directives, in your healthcare power of attorney, well, and in your living will, you get to express some of your wishes, but it's really just the most basic ones. And so there's a lot beyond that. There's a document that I love called Five Wishes that goes into more detail. But I would encourage you to, to do a little more research. And I, we teach 
workshops for our clients every single year on how to stay in control of your healthcare decisions because there are so many little decisions that play into that. But Atul Gawande's book, Being Mortal, is a great starting place. All right. Well, as we uh, tackle these, so we've now gone through four of these six steps. What's step number five? Step number five is identifying and communicate communicating your final wishes. So that is when you pass away someday, would you like to be buried or would you like to be cremated? That's a decision that is important for you to make, not for you to leave for somebody else to make. It's okay if you don't care, just decide something because it's a lot for your loved ones to try to make that decision for you in in a moment of deep grief. So burial or cremation and then where would you like your remains to go? Where would you like to be buried? Where would you like to have your ashes spread? Again, some people don't have any opinions about this and at least giving your loved ones some ideas will make it a whole lot easier for them because it's a lot to have to decide on the spot when somebody just passed away. And then the last thing is what kind of goodbye ceremony, a memorial service or a funeral, some some of my clients say, we don't want to have a funeral. Mm. That's just too sad. And I, I will say, I, I want you to consider not forbidding your loved ones to have a memorial service for you because it's not for you, it's for them. It's a place for them to process their grief. And that's a really important thing for them to do. But some of my clients say, you know, I had one who said, I want a memorial service in the style of an Irish pub. I mean, (laughs) is there specific music you want? Is there a specific feel you want? Are there specific readings you would want? Um, What what would you like to have happen there? And are there things, parts of you that could be expressed there, art or special things that you owned that you might want to be part of that ceremony? I love it. Uh, yeah, that really makes it special. And it, 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 it is expressing your wishes after you're gone. And, uh, you know, it, it, all sorts of wonderful memories can be made at that service. I mean, uh, I remember going to my father's service There was some months after he passed and hearing from uh, his fellow members of the Air Force. He had served with them way back in the day in the Korea conflict. And and f- for us kids to hear that, those memories, I mean, we had never been along on any of the get-togethers that those gentlemen had had. So it was, it was, it was like seeing a whole new side of our dad. And, oh boy, you know, I mean, it's still... It, it made me feel so proud of him as a as a serviceman uh, when in truth that wasn't something he talked about a lot it, it was just I guess something that he shared with the guy so anyway right. um, what, a, what a gift to have that shared with you that's right that's right so what tips can you give our listeners for making these kinds of plans when most of us just really don't want to think about that period that that time that end of time Right. Most of us really do not want to think about our mortality. And a lot of people are a little bit superstitious that if they think about it, if they make plans, then it will happen. Well, the truth is it's going to happen. And I, I can't change that. But it will be a much easier, more pleasant experience and maybe even 
a loving and warm experience if you put some time and energy and attention into that now, that is one of the biggest gifts that you can give to your family so that they don't have to work so hard at the moment of crisis. Definitely. All right. Well, we talked about some of these uh, wonderful events. They're advisory events. Uh, there's no uh, need to pay anything and you're not going to be hard sold into uh, some sort of contract afterwards. It's just a, a place for you to listen and get information. It's an estate planning webinar. And as Catherine mentioned earlier, there's a free one next Tuesday, November 14th at 2 p.m. There's also one coming up on November 28th at 4 p.m. And that will allow these experts to answer your questions and you can get that information. There's also one that's in person for people who don't uh, maybe aren't as uh, comfortable doing doing things online, maybe want uh, some specific questions answered that they uh, really feel better talking to in person. That one's coming up on Tuesday, December 5th at 2 p.m. And you can always give their office a call, uh, 719-520-1474, or go to coloradoestateplan.com. You do need to call or go to the website in order to get details on those free workshops and register. We need to take a short break, Catherine. We'll be back and we'll wrap up our six-step plan. How about we're back with our guest today, Catherine Hammond, who is sharing with us her six-step plan to get organized so that you leave your loved ones in the best position possible uh, when you leave. And it doesn't matter if you have a modest estate, no estate. I mean, these are uh, bits of information and documents and things we all need uh, to make sure that things go smoothly after we're gone. Uh, so let's talk about this last step. Uh, now, earlier, why don't you run through what we've talked about so far, Catherine? Yes. So we talked about the documents that you need. And I love what you just said about this is not, for, you don't have to be a multimillionaire in order to need to take these steps. These are steps for everybody. So first, figuring out what documents you need and getting those in place, creating a list of your assets, gathering your financial records, identifying and communicating your healthcare wishes, identifying and communicating your final wishes. And then step number six, creating a map for your family. So we briefly touched on where should you keep your documents and that should be, you know, someplace secure and someplace that your family knows about. So whether it's on a shelf or in a filing cabinet in your wherever you keep your important documents if you have a home office um, it might be in a fireproof safe in your house it might be in a safe deposit box make sure that your loved ones know where those documents and statements are and um, how to access so if there's a safe deposit box they're going to need the combination if you have digital assets so email social media and uh, digital access to any of your bank accounts or anything else, you're going to give them a map to get into those things because all of those are important and really, really frustrating. I've had a couple of families come in recently where they felt very overwhelmed and frustrated just by the digital side of things. You need to leave a map for your digital life and tell your, tell your loved ones where you keep this map that's going to guide them to everything that they need, including access to your digital accounts and email and social media. 
So would that be in the form of a letter or a document that you put in the safe deposit box or what would you say? So yes, and you're going to need to give them some basic instructions, some instructions on how to access everything or how to access the master key to everything that's not locked up in the safe deposit box. So at least make sure that they know where the list is if the guide is in the safe deposit box. And yes, that can be a list, it can be a letter, whatever works for you. Some people are list people, some people are um, a little bit more expansive. I have a client who wrote like a 10-page document called, you know, When I'm Gone uh, for his wife so that she has all the answers that she needs. Who is their financial advisor, how to contact their financial advisor, everything. Make mm. it easy. So we've talked about, as, uh, these are all great suggestions, but I think some people just need a little nudge uh, to, to get embarking on this. Uh, what would you say is the best starting off place? Yeah. To get started, because this is a lot, these six steps, each one entails a, a bit of work. To get started, just three steps. One is get the basic information on what documents are right for your situation and goals. That's why we have workshops and webinars where you can ask questions specific to your situation and goals. Choose an attorney. Um, and you can go with a solo attorney. You can go with a law firm that has multiple attorneys. The thing to know is if you're with a solo attorney, if they retire or pass away or get sick, then you are going to have to find a new attorney, and there are people who want a firm that has more attorneys so that they don't have to start over. Working with an, an estate planning uh, specialist, somebody who has a lot of expertise versus somebody who dabbles in estate planning and other things. And I would recommend that you ask any attorney that you're interviewing, how are your recommendations going to help me meet my goals? Because many attorneys just make recommendations to everybody. They're not tailored to your specific situation and goals. So um, choose the right attorney and then just start the process. Just take the first step and keep going from there. Right. And just uh, check those uh, lists off and, and don't get, you know, discouraged. I, th I think a lot of people uh, do start and then they go, oh, it's too much work. And, and they, uh, you know, maybe get a little exhausted with it. And uh, that's, that's really when you need to say, nope, this needs to get done. I, I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for my, you know, to make sure my dog is okay. <laughs> I mean, what have you? Right. Uh, there's a, a variety of families out there, variety of situations, but uh, these are things that really will make the difference uh, for your loved ones. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, keep keep a picture of the people you're doing it for in front of you. I love that. It's, it's, not, it's peace of mind for you, but mostly it's making things as easy as possible for the loved ones that you've been providing for and protecting all of your life. Well, Catherine, some great information here. And uh, as I've said here, uh, over the course of our years of conversation, Catherine, you have guided me on a personal journey that has included uh, some of these steps. I really appreciate it. I, I'm very grateful to you and your staff. Uh, so would you like to share with our audience uh, what uh, information they can glean from these upcoming webinars and in-person seminars? Yes, 
and thank you, Shannon. It is an honor to be able to help you. It's an honor to be able to help every single family that we get to help. We do have uh, online webinars. The next one is next Tuesday, November 14th at 2 o'clock, or uh, November 28th at 4 o'clock. We have an, our last live in-person December 5. You can go to our website at coloradoestateplan.com or call our office at 719-520-1474 to register and start getting the information that will carry you into being able to get this process started for your family. Yeah. And, and don't feel that you can't put your imprint on what happens after you're gone. I think a lot of people want to say, well, I really don't want to say how uh, this is going to be divided or who gets this or what have you. You're going to make things more difficult for your loved ones unless you maybe put out a plan there, put out a strategy, a, a, a game strategy, a roadmap, because it's a very difficult time to, to navigate and your loved ones need to know that you're you're kind of like making your wishes known that makes them feel gratified to follow those wishes don't you think Catherine absolutely the more decisions you can make the better well Catherine Hammond the founder of the Hammond Law Group thank you for joining us here on the extra thank you so much for having me Shannon and again we'll make sure that we put that website on our podcast page you've been listening to the extra here on Cardio News Radio I'm your host Shannon Brinius Tom Martino is up after the top of the hour have a great day